0: Welcome to A Voice of Reason with your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry petro We are offered new opportunities for growth daily. And with new opportunities, challenges are presented. Together, we can address the challenges and explore these opportunities. Now, here's Kathy Horton with Sherry petro Welcome to A Voice of Reason.
1: This is Kathy Horton and I am with Sherry petro Hi, everybody. Today, we're going on a journey with the parents of a transgender child. They will provide insight into the obstacles they encountered through the years. And many of those obstacles were presented from what many of us consider to be the support systems for our very existence. They'll provide a perspective of the many years, twists and turns as their transgender child became a wonderful, thoughtful adult. They will share their experiences and wisdom of being mindful, caring parents in a world that often stresses conformity and applies judgment.
2: Well, I want to say something about these two people that are sitting across from all. First of all, I want to say thank you to you both, Jack and Joe. I have had the privilege to know you and um, your beautiful family for many years. You have taught me so much about unconditional love and acceptance, not just as parents, but as human beings, for all human beings, and for that I'm grateful. It's priceless. You also have taught me about the importance of having a sense of humor. That is the Vandenberg motto. <laughs> Many times I've heard you and your beautiful daughters share about important, difficult events, and I asked how you got through it. And you always said to me, we keep our sense of humor, and you do do that. So you've taught me about that, too. So I'm very excited for our listeners to hear of your family's amazing story. So I'm going to start off with the first question. So So one quick thing Mm -hmm. I just
1: want to say, welcome, Jack and Joe Vandenberg. Thanks for joining us.
2: Okay, so can you give us some background on the early life with your children?
3: Well, I'm going to start with our early life just in general um, because I grew up in, in, because it makes a difference. I grew up in a port city um, north of Seattle, Washington Um, Pretty liberal place, lots of ships that came in, lots of different people, lots of guys holding hands, different perspective. Um, Went to college in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I met Jack.
4: Before I start, I just want to say as we get into this, particularly the early part of the journey, everybody that's listening, please bear with us if we get the names confused, Betsy, Eli, or if we get the pronouns confused. because We're walking in two worlds here at the beginning. I was born and raised in a small conservative town in West Michigan. And that is also where we raised our children. I was very little diversity. It was one of those cities where there's a church on every corner. Uh, I went to a conservative church twice on Sunday, Christian school, Christian church supported college. And that's where Joe and I met and uh, later got married. I learned my lessons without really questioning. It was a simple, single path. But then I began to branch out. I went to graduate school in Dallas, Texas, but I was still in the Bible Belt.
3: (laughs) Well, Jack and I got married. We had two children. Our oldest daughter was named Elizabeth, whom we called Betsy. And my um, younger daughter, Brooke, came six years later. And now we have a son and a daughter. We have Eli and Brooke.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so would you share some background leaning up to the journey, discovering you were parents of a tra- transgender child? Well, early on, we knew
3: he was different. She was a she back then, but (laughs) no dresses, no curls, nothing, Um, just not interested in any of it. He would not dress it, hated dresses, wouldn't dress in anything girly. All of his friends were boys. When he reached the fourth grade and the boys wouldn't play with her anymore, he was devastated and had no friends. His teachers kept calling me. Um, And all the, the neighbor kids would come and play in the basement. He was always the one who was the guy in the suit she was um in third grade he wanted a crew cut and i (laughs) i tried to accommodate as much of this as i could and put my foot down and said no crew cut which he has (laughs) later thanked me for Um, and none of these things alone indicate that this is a transgender child even put together they don't necessarily mean that but just some things to watch in junior high, he watched something on TV that talked about an extra testosterone wash that some babies got in the uterus. And he said, you know, I wonder if that's what happened to me. Hmm. My friends mentioned that Betsy was gay. I had some pretty like forward friends who were like, you sure she's not gay? And I'm like, no, I'm not. But <laughs> And then um, in high school, she did come out as gay. And at that point, Jack and I didn't even know what transgender was. We weren't, didn't even really know it existed
1: at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm.
3: I,
4: as, as this whole process started, I really didn't think about it much, or in reality, probably didn't pay any attention to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: I thought Betsy was a tomboy, played hard, reckless, climbed trees, preferred to play with the boys, liked sports. When Betsy was about four and was helping me in the garden, um, Betsy wanted to take her T-shirt off, and I said, no, that girls keep them on. And years later, I found out the reason was that she wanted to be like me. I had my shirt off. I'd missed it completely. completely. Mm -hmm. Joe was a real huge help to me as this journey progressed.
2: So tell me, how did having a transgender child affect your relationship with your child, both as a mother-daughter relationship, a mother-son and a father-daughter and a father-son? How did that all work? Did anything shift? Well, I think
3: that prior to him coming out as transgender, the toughest thing for us was he was depressed. And we had sent him away to Philadelphia to go to school um, just because I, we needed to get him out of this conservative area and into a place where he was. we knew he would be safe in a big city because we knew at that point he was gay. Um, and we would get phone calls all the time, and he was so depressed. And had I been watching what books he was reading, I, I would have known mm-hmm. that there was something more going on we were down in key west he was at pratt institute of art in new york and he called and he was just suicidal depressed wasn't taking his medication um i sent him to the health center get your medication and stay there until they get you someone to talk to so he went in and said my mom says i have to stay here till there's someone to talk to (laughs) And they linked him with Jennifer, who just happened to have a cancellation, and she was absolutely wonderful. That was a spirit thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he came out when he was with her, he came out as trans, and she knew all the resources. She was supportive, had all kinds of information. And um, that was a wonderful thing. I'd like to speak just briefly about Brooke, about our younger daughter and what that was like for her. She was just staunchly supportive of Betsy and insisted that all her friends be kind. If they said anything cruel, she'd call them out on it. Unfortunately, many of her teachers were homophobic and insulting because she went Ah. to a Christian school. That was really tough on her. and. Betsy talked with her a lot, just kind of guided her through that about which battles to take on and which ones to just let go of. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: When Eli came out as transgender, I mean, Betsy came out as transgender, Brooke said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing this. This will never be my brother. And the next morning, she woke up calling him Eli. (laughs) She's been amazing, too. Uh,
2: She had a wonderful experience of having a sister and (laughs) And a a brother brother. in one and yeah. Wow.
4: Lucky kid. <laughs> Jack? Uh, for me, I think probably the most interesting part was when Eli would call and ask questions about becoming a man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just that whole process. And then it was really wonderful because he had um, uh, two guys, a couple in Philadelphia, that really took him under wing and helped him learn the steps. Learned how
2: to be a god. Be a god. Wow, that is wonderfully. Oh, that's just wonderful. <laughs> I think what I'm noticing about that is all along the way, um, God provided just what was needed for this transition. And that excites me when you can see it unfold and afterwards then watch the big picture and see how God was there in every step of the way.
3: Yep, exactly.
2: So, yep, that's exciting. Okay, so I also would like to ask you about, um, I know that Eli had to go through some um, surgeries and things to make this who he really was. And so you had some experiences at the hospital, and I'd like you just to talk to me about that journey because okay. it was moving.
3: Um, just to back up just a little bit, the first stage for Eli in this transition was to begin to get testosterone shots
2: mm-hmm. so
3: that um, the hormone levels would change and then he would change. And so I went with him to the Audrey Lord Free Clinic in New York. And we were interviewed, and um, they wanted some idea of, you know, did he really know what he was doing? Was he emotionally stable? And I went ahead and signed the releases for him, and the lady talking to us said, who are you? And I said, I'm his mom. And she said, we never get a parent in here Mm
1: -hmm. along
3: with their child, which was my first thought about how lonely a journey this is. Mm -hmm. And then the next step for him several months later was to go down to Baltimore and um, get what they call top surgery, which is a double mastectomy. And we went down there and I went with his wonderful live-in partner at that time, Anna, and we were checking into the surgery center. And the receptionist said to Eli, do you need a taxi? And I looked at her and I said, why would anyone need a taxi? And she said, because most people come down here by themselves, they have a taxi that takes them to their hotel room and picks them up in the morning, and then they fly home. And my thought was how it's the most important thing that will ever happen to you in your life, and people are doing that alone.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
3: It was so sad. Mm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Yes. After Eli's surgery...
4: Joe went not only to the surgery, but then spent a week with Eli. And I went out, flew out, and spent the second week with Eli. And when I was there, two things really stand out. The first one was Eli coming out of the bathroom with a smile on his face, and I asked him what he was thinking. And he said that for the first time in his life, when he looked in the mirror, he saw what he expected to see. Wow. And the second thing was that I was able to go with him to a session with his psychologist, Jennifer, in Manhattan. And um, we talked about what it was like to lose a daughter but to gain a son Hmm. and how we had kind of two histories in our family. She also helped me to understand how keeping the pronouns straight and the name straight and everything would be get easier and easier as he went down the journey and Uh looked more and more like a man. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was such a gift. Her knowledge around trans was really, really helpful through the whole process.
1: Wow. So can you share with us how, how did your family receive this news? Well, my
3: mom was pretty amazing. She had to have been in her 80s at that point already, and so we told her, and she said, okay, let me get this straight. I had a granddaughter, and I now have a grandson. We're <laughs> like, that's right, mom. <laughs> and she, never, and she missed. never missed calling him Eli or calling him by the right pronoun. Wow. Yeah, she was amazing. Um, my dad was a, had late-stage Parkinson's at that point, so he um, wasn't told at all. <laughs> I had three sisters, one of them, my older sisters, really accepting. The other two, um, they're still not sure, um, but but they're kind, mm-hmm. you know, they're, which is all we ask. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: My father had already died by the time Eli transitioned. Uh, my mom was ill, and she never really questioned it one way or the, the other. I'm s- I'm not sure she really understood, though, mm-hmm. what was all going on. Mm-hmm. I have a brother and a sister and they were both accepting, very respectful, and are very gracious to Eli and Anna and their friends. Okay.
2: So there's an Anna now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then I, tell us a little bit about that. Well, Eli and Anna have been together,
3: oh, I think for 14 years, Is it been? Like by now. Um, Anna's just the absolute most amazing young lady to have walked with Eli from the time he was gay through now, that journey mm-hmm. towards being trans. And um, I've talked with her a couple of times about just thanking her for continuing to walk that journey with him and how difficult that must be for her. And she said, well, not really, because it's really all about what's inside. What's yeah. on the outside doesn't really make that much difference. Wow. And now they're married. They're married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. we'll talk about their wedding in a little bit. Okay. Um, I'd just like to talk a little bit, too, in, under this one, if we could, about our friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Please. And
3: about telling people. And the the biggest, most important thing, I think, looking back through all of this, is that when you tell people about this, tell them what you expect. Mm. That they don't have to agree with it, but they have to treat your child kindly and with mm-hmm. respect, And most of our friends just walked the journey. Not everybody agreed, but most of them did. Mm -hmm. And um, most of them, yeah, were supportive. The few that we lost very, very few friends in the process. And so that was amazing. But I think it's because we accepted Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. and the journey. And people that loved us loved him.
2: Yes.
4: And they knew him. And so they had a face yes. to put on yeah. this.
2: Yeah, that's and so important. It
4: and it's so much harder if you don't have a face mm-hmm. and you just hear the concept or hear the term. Yeah. Um, and you're making a decision based on not knowing somebody personally yeah. and intimately and growing up with him. Mm-hmm. So again, not almost all of our friends embraced Betsy to Eli.
1: Wonderful! What an amazing story. This is fantastic. Well, it's time for a short break. Stay with us to hear more about this family's journey. And just a reminder that Sherry is accepting new coaching clients. She might be just the key you are looking for for your success. If you're interested, we can set up a 15 minute free coaching call. Just click on A Voice of Reason in the show link, link section and set, or and or send a message to us through info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. You are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: What makes the most successful people tick? Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person
4: overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense.
0: Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Life carries many uncertainties. Just when we think we may know where we are headed or think we have what we need, life happens and we are redirected. Join host Trina Wines each week for Life Happens Let's Talk. By hearing stories from people just like you, as well as guest experts who can help, you'll arrive at your own understanding of the role you play in creating the outcome of your life. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to a voice of reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to A Voice
2: of Reason. Hi, this is Sherry again, and we're with Jack and Joe Vandenberg, and we're sharing their journey of having a transgender child. So, I as a pastor and Jack and Joe attend our church spirit space and so of course I'm very interested in how the religious community and the church community receive um, the the news and how they received it and, and what it was like for them because they also were very connected to their religion and their church. So, I'm going to ask you this right now. How did your religion and church handle all of this? Not well.
3: (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Um, Conservative church, conservative town, conservative area of the country. Um, They did not do well with it. Mm -hmm. We went through, well, Jack and I, we would not go anywhere. We decided that wouldn't accept Eli and whoever Eli brought home. And he brought home, tattooed. Studded, um, you know, just gay friends back then. Interesting people. Interesting (laughs) people. Really, yeah, that we loved. Um, But we just, we would not take them to a church where somebody would say something from the pulpit that would be insulting. And um, after three or four churches, we kind of gave it up. Because even when people said, oh, no, it'll be fine. It won't be a problem. And then two weeks later, they would say something very insulting about gay or trans people from the pulpit. And so, okay, we're done with this. And the philosophy of the church we were going to at that point was, um, love the sinner, hate the sin. (laughs) (laughs) And Eli's comment about that was, that's a crock of crap. (laughs) You cannot separate them out. We are who we are and what we do. And so, um, after more searching and wandering, we met a group of like-minded people and began Spirit Space together,
1: mm-hmm. which is
3: how we got here talking to you guys today. It's true.
2: <laughs> yes, and how were you received with uh, in our church? Well,
3: <laughs> accepting, add whatever you want, Jack. I mean, this is just a wonderful, accepting, kind, spiritual place, not religion, but spirituality, yes.
4: And Eli loves it here. Mm-hmm. And Eli has spoken here.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Very, very accepting. And we're blessed for all of that. Mm-hmm. And also, I think it's a good
4: time to say this, is that Joe's sister, her oldest sister, had a really bad experience with the church, walked away, and gets physically ill going into to a church building. But not spirit space.
3: How wonderful! <laughs> yeah, she come spirit here dwells. with no panic attacks.
2: <laughs> no panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Ah, thank you so much. That encourages me as um, as a spiritual leader to know. And I want to encourage all the listeners that search until you find a place that is all accepting, all loving, with diversity.
1: Hmm. Sounds great. So help us understand how the church's response affected your faith through that long journey. You know, I don't think our faith was was shaken at all. Hmm. Uh,
4: Eli, as Betsy, from our perspective, was a gift from God to our family. So then it follows that Eli was also God's gift to our family, and has so proven. In many ways, I believe God made us social beings. And the God that I know would never create us as social people and then say, Oh, by the way, I made you like this, but you may never have an intimate relationship with another person. That just doesn't fit for me at all.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I think, really simply said, Jack and I believe that we are all made in God's image and God doesn't make junk Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and being gay or trans. I think where people get hung out is they think people choose to be gay or transgendered and that they could just choose differently. None of that is a choice. It's how you were born and God doesn't make junk.
0: Mm -hmm. And
3: I'm a psychologist. I've practiced for 40 some years and I've watched how keeping secrets in families And how struggling to not be who you are if you're gay, trying not to tell anybody, trying to live straight, keeping those kinds of secrets makes Mm -hmm. your family sick. Yes. And it makes individuals sick, not only emotionally, but physically. And you you must be true to yourself in order to be healthy as a person and then to have a healthy family. And we were intent on having a healthy family. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I think your answers are just a beautiful (laughs) testament to who you both are. So thanks for that. You're
2: welcome. Thank you. All right. So this journey has come to the point now that um, Betsy is Eli, and he's married to Anna, and they are a beautiful couple. We have an opportunity to be with them every once in a while, and they're a beautiful couple, and they are also a testimony to the two of you and your parenting skills and um your just love your love for people so um This would be a good time to also plug in the fact that Jo is a counselor and she would be more than happy to talk to you if you were a transgender parent or a transgendered or thinking about it um, person. Jo is a wonderful resource and she has said that she would be glad to talk to anyone that needs some direction along that way. So Kathy will be plugging where you can reach her um, so we'll put that in a couple of times in the show so you know that. Now I want to know, this has this process, as much as the two of you make it look so easy, I know it wasn't, but you're just, you're like that. They're, you, audience, they're just comfortable people to be with. Um, but I know it wasn't easy. And I want to know how your life changed because of this experience. Well, I think initially, our lives were
3: much were more complicated than they would have been had we had two girls who went about being girls. And it was hard on Brooke. I mean, the conservative area, the conservative church, kind of leaving people behind that we had met in church and had felt were um, supportive of us to find out that they weren't those were those were difficult times. but together we're good i mean we are we're really strong and um we had the same goals we talked about it we knew they were hard on brooke because she really would have she really fit really well into this town (laughs) and would have been happy just kind of going on her way um doing what they all did and so she never faltered she never complained but i think it was a little bit harder on her Mm -hmm. um I, the other thing that, well, we probably would have sent Eli away to college anyway, but and I mentioned earlier that we knew we had to send him out of West Michigan to a larger city in order for him to be safe, in order for him to find a community. And so um, he was away. He, he went to school in Philadelphia. And he went to work there after that, so he never did come back to West Michigan. And at the point of that Brooke got married... That was something that we really had to think through because there were a lot of people coming to her wedding that did not know that Betsy was now Eli. Mm -hmm. And he was a guy. I mean, he was going to stand up with Nick. And so um, I had to think about how am I going to do this and so I put together a letter, and I just sent a letter out to all 250 of her friends <laughs> and said, This is what's happened. Eli will be standing up with um, Nick at the wedding. This is Brooks' day. And if you have a question, please call us before that. We'd be happy to sit down and talk this through with you. But just know that that's who Eli is, and this is Brooks. Wow.
4: And it was interesting because every one of the girls that Brooke had standing up with her said, we would be happy to walk down the aisle with you." Ah,
2: uh-huh.
3: Beautiful. That generation. Yes. Getting so much better. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we hope for. Yeah. And, you know, I, the other thing is I worked at mental health. And so I had a whole lot of support. I worked with gay people. I worked with really accepting people. I had people to ask questions to. I think this was harder on Jack than it was mm-hmm. on me.
4: I think it was. Um, I didn't have a lot of support at that time. I do now. But my work was in healthcare, with all of my patients living and mostly being raised in this conservative religious environment. I was privileged to have many patients that returned to me for continued care um, off and on throughout the years. And we built a relationship where I knew about them, I knew about their families, I knew their likes, their dislikes, but they also knew me and they knew my family. Mm -hmm. And so when they would come back, they would ask how my daughters are doing. And so first I felt like I was kind of walking in two worlds. I I didn't want this to interfere with my job or my relationship with my patients and I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. Then I started telling people if they, and, and if they asked, and particularly if they were new people, it wasn't an issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: The problem was when I started to make mistakes, and I would assume that I had told somebody one thing, uh, or that I had a son and a daughter, but I hadn't, and they knew I had two daughters, and they would look at me and say, well, we never knew you had a son,
2: oh.
4: and so then I would have to to say, and finally I said, this is crazy, I'm gonna just, it's across the board, if they ask me about my daughters, I will tell them, I will tell new patients that they—that I had a son and a daughter, and I did, and I'm still amazed at how many of these people were grateful that I told them and said that. They mm-hmm. particularly would come back the next time and say how grateful they were that I was, that I was truthful with them mm-hmm. and told them. They would ask really good questions, They confided in me often about family identity and orientation Mm -hmm. issues that they had never talked about before.
3: Mm -hmm. I think we kind of reached the point where it was when people, like we would see people in town that we hadn't seen for a long time. And they would ask about the girls, and finally, I, it, my thought was, these people just need to learn to deal with this. <laughs> and so, and they'll come back and they'll talk to us again, or they won't. But that's okay. They were acquaintances, mm-hmm. um, not really close friends of ours. And so, I would just tell them the truth. And sometimes they'd go, oh, mm-hmm. and leave. But other times, they were. Most of them were okay. I don't know what they said when they left us, but they were okay. Mm-hmm. And there were some really good parts of all of this mm-hmm. journey, too. Yeah. I mean, we met some amazing, amazing people through Eli. And people that we probably never would have spent time talking with under other circumstances Mm -hmm. and so that all has been a great gift
4: we had a party every time we went to visit
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they had a party so that his friends could spend time with his parents I'm like well that's pretty cool It is. It is. and then Eli and his wedding if I could just address that here too they got married about five years ago uh, and they got married in Philadelphia but they had a reception in our backyard and um, there were over 100 people yes. that were there, and it was amazing. We had so much fun. And my, my mom was like, where would all these people come from? <laughs> and Brooke was like, "Mom, my mom and dad have a lot of friends. Grandma's like, oh,
2: okay. But, yeah,
3: I mean, there were that many people. And many people probably would have been okay anyway. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people that just changed and came along to be supportive Walkers. and to just walk the journey.
1: I think you're both uh, incredible teachers for all of us and that that beauty shows us a path that can be good for everyone. So with that said, um, could you share with us some of the wisdoms you have gleaned from your family's journey?
3: Well, we've already kind of talked a lot about a lot of the things that we learned. I think early on, for me anyway, I, you have to address this if that was true for you or not, but I've always believed that whatever happens in my life happens because I have lessons to learn.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And if I don't learn those lessons, something's going to keep happening that will bring me back to that same lesson. So let's just go ahead and, and learn the lessons as we go along. And I knew from the time I was really a little kid, I don't know how, but that my job was, was going to be accepting people unconditionally and so i I guess we just we just walked it you know and whatever came up we supported each other and we were just open came out of the coming out of the closet for everybody for the family for the kids in this area of the of the country
1: Mm -hmm.
3: you know talk to your friends those who love you they'll walk the journey and they'll be supportive Those who can't walk the journey with you probably didn't love you enough anyway. Mm -hmm. And while it feels like a loss, um, you you don't need them in your lives Mm -hmm. if they can't be accepting of your children and walk that journey Mm -hmm. and move forward with you. Very wise words. And I think the other thing we've learned through this is that the next generation is going to be so different Mm. The millennials are already really different.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
3: We have a granddaughter who's five who was looking at pictures of Uncle Eli. And when Eli was Betsy and said, so is that back when Uncle Eli was a girl? (laughs) We're (laughs) like, (laughs) well... Yeah, <laughs> how did you even know that or put that together? But I think that's where her generation will be, mm-hmm. that it's just not a big deal. Ah, oh. It's just not a big deal. So that's our prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that's a beautiful one. And I would emphasize that I think some of that wisdom is the love and openness that you raise your grandchild with. I mean, and, and Brooke does as well, her okay. mom.
2: So, did Jack, have, did you have any? Yeah, you had, um, did you have some stuff? Like, Wisdom well, we
3: talked about,
4: it, we talked it all <laughs> together as we went through this process. And I just, I, I think too, that um, I think that people, if they're willing to step out of their comfort zone a little bit and walk into this journey, they're going to be amazed at how big their world is.
1: Mm, how great. great. Well, it's time for a short break. I invite, I invite you all to click on A Voice of Reason in the show link section. Again, um, you can sign up for our email list, but I want to reiterate here that you can also send us an email if you'd like to talk to Joanne Vandenberg, whether as a transgender, as a parent of a transgender, and get some incredible wisdom and just a voice of support. Please let us know. We'll get you directly in touch with her. It's info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Stay with us to hear more guidance from the parents of a transgender child. You are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to
3: express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron author publisher and life mentor broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life consciousness and humanity 1111 talk radio is every monday at 11 a.m. eastern 8 a.m. pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel 1111
1: talk radio you are not on a journey you are the journey you
0: are experience experiencing itself Always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world. What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it listen live every monday at noon pacific and 9 p.m central european time for creating beyond reality on the voice america empowerment channel Listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at A Voice of Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason.
2: Well, I would like, I have the wonderful privilege of getting to know Eli, and I would like you both as parents to share some of the amazing aspects of your wonderful son, Eli. Uh, he's just an
3: absolutely amazing man, and he it's is. really clear when you meet him that he is who he was created to be. Mm-hmm. And he, he told me at one point that he was actually glad that he had been a girl for a while, because it honed his communication and his empathy skills, mm-hmm. and he said a lot of guys don't don't necessarily have that. But he said I'm I'm really grateful that I can ha- that I have those skills. Mm-hmm. He's a real he's a loving and caring and patient husband. He has a real heart for those who are different from him. And right now he's he's working, his job is working with um, disabled people, helping them use their art to um, earn money for themselves. And when I hear him talk about those people, he just loves them, loves them all. We'll go the, we'll go the extra mile for him. And, it, yeah, I love him. <laughs> I
1: just do.
3: <laughs> but the other morning I, it was, I couldn't sleep. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and I was just – Kind of thinking, and I was thinking about his life, and I was thinking about how hard this must have been for him, um, just trying to even just figure it all out. And so I emailed him the next morning and said, You know, I'm sorry that life has been so difficult for you. And he said, You know, mom, it's okay because you and dad supported me all the way. Mm. It's not bad. It's okay. <laughs>
2: all right. What a parent would love to hear. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Okay, Mom. You guys were great. Okay. Like, okay. You helped.
4: You know, Eli is truly who he's supposed to be, the person that God created. And people would might say that If Eli was supposed to be a boy, why wasn't he born a boy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It sure would have been easier. Mm. But none of us would have learned all the things that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that Eli, if Eli had been a boy, born a boy, that he would have the core strength, the amazing soul, and the heart that he now has. Mm -hmm. Also, it gives us a chance to help others with what we have experienced.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. So with that, um, what guidance can you give parents of transgender children?
3: Well, Sherry sort of took the thunder out of this, but keep your sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) It's better to giggle about things than to get depressed. And so keep your sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, With your kids, if they're searching, just listen with no judgment. They will know from a young age that there's something different about them. They won't know what it is. They won't know what to call it. Mm -hmm. But all of the trans and gay kids that I've talked with, between three to five, they know. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: They know that something's not the same with them as it is with other people. Mm -hmm. And so just be there to listen, be available. Once again, insist that people be kind to your children, whether it's your son that goes to school in a dress or or whatever, your daughter that goes to school in work boots. Uh, read, Read everything you can get your hands on if you're dealing with some of this. Find yourself a mentor. And maybe be a mentor as time goes on. Um, Find a respected doctor. Find a really good endocrinologist if you're going Mm -hmm. to start this journey with your child. And I've noticed from the reading I'm doing that people are starting this journey with their children younger and younger Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to go through puberty, which is just devastating if you think you're going to be a guy and things start to develop. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And um, so, yeah, it's it's a blessing that there's more support out there now. Mm -hmm. And then... Once again, feel free to contact Jack and I through Spirit Space if you would like some support or some talk or some information. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank
3: you. I
4: think um, my advice is to remember that he or she is the same person you loved before you were told that he or she was gay, lesbian, transgendered, by whatever. Mm-hmm. Those seconds that separate not knowing and knowing Really shouldn't separate love and not love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Relationship or no relationship. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think is so important is don't keep things a secret. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Truth and openness is the key to living a successful life no matter what. And you two are examples of that as well as Eli and Brooke and now... Your wonderful little granddaughter, <laughs> who's so truthful and so open, it just goes in the family. Now, if there's, what are the messages that you would like the listeners out there? Because um, our listeners are not all transgendered or parents. So, what would you like our listeners to receive from this time?
4: I think that one of the things that I'd like everybody to just acknowledge in themselves and in those around them, is that we are all created in God's image and that God doesn't make junk. I think Mm -hmm. that God doesn't make junk is Mm -hmm. such an important issue. Mm -hmm. That we be open and accepting of all people. We learn about people that are different from us. Different adds beauty, energy, and interest to this world You'll be amazed at how big your world will become. Different is does not equal bad,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and I think that for for me and for us, uh, that's really where what part of what this gift has been for us is that we the people that we have met along the way um, by chance. Uh, I think about the girl that we met at um, Eli's. Uh, Pratt's, uh, his senior thesis presentation, presentation. um, that walked in off the street, totally disowned by her family, was trans, and just started talking. She was was homeless, too, wasn't she? Was homeless and was so amazed at um, Eli's presentation, but then at the people that were there, and that his whole family was there, Mm -hmm. right down to your mom, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who said... She looked at the one next door, which was snapshots of a dachshund or something. Yeah, two
3: beagles or two whatever. Beagles or whatever.
4: Yeah. I have to tell you. Eli's is a lot more interesting, Mom.
3: Because his art was about his journey. And I'm like, I don't know how well this is going to go. But she's like, well, this is more
1: interesting. Than two beagles. (laughs) Than two beagles, yeah. So what are the organizations out there to educate and support the families as well as the transgender that you're familiar with? And I'm hoping we'll all learn more after this, but would love to take a baseline of what you can help us with in in your from your journey sure i mean i can only speak to what's
3: in the united states but soul force is our favorite absolute favorite mm-hmm. organization they um, they do a lot of nonviolent protesting martin luther king jr's philosophy is what they follow they go to lots of small conservative colleges and just walk in but not without permission but they walk in and they just ask if they can set up in the in their community space, and just talk to kids. Sometimes they get okay, and sometimes they don't. But we sponsor—we're partly sponsoring their bus ride every mm-hmm. year that they go do this. Mm-hmm. And um, they just—they just do incredibly amazing things. And so they're always open for donations.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and PFLAG, parents and friends of lesbians and gays, they have local chapters all over the United States. And, you know, so just check them out and they all do things differently. And so just go with an open mind and you will find people that will be caring and helpful and we'll give you some information. Mm-hmm. And then we also just called Eli and said, do you know anything else? And he said, there are LBGTQIA centers <laughs> all over, you know, so just get online and um see what's available and he also said that if you're going to donate money towards some of these places ask if you want to ask that the money be designated towards transgender services Mm
1: -hmm. if
3: that's your issue ask be be specific about where you would like that money to be donated Mm -hmm. okay anything else Mm -hmm. you can think of well, well, get online, actually, I'm yeah. sorry. But get online. You know, you'll find a lot of stuff. But use the same skills you would use mm-hmm. to sort through those that you would use to sort through buying a used car. Mm-hmm. Give them the attention that you need mm-hmm. to make sure they're good.
2: So what I'm hearing is that we can support diversity um, through our finances. Mm-hmm. We can support diversity through our um, volunteerism And we can support diversity for standing up for social justice and human rights in all of its forms. Um, This is just one avenue. And now, particularly more than ever in our society, it's our time. We are all the Me Too's in terms of standing up for human rights Mm -hmm. of every kind. So this is just another channel that we can Give our energy to, and um, I'm grateful for all that you've done to educate us. So, is there anything else you can think of that you maybe, as we were doing the interview, that you? Oh, I think I want to tell the people this. You know, this is fireside chat, and it's just a few thousands of people. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> is there anything uh-huh. else?
3: <laughs> well, one of the things I was just just thinking of from that last question was: be brave. Start your own support group. You know, if you know families or kids, or just reach out and, and just put it out there and start your own group. Mm-hmm. But anyway, did you have something more? I think be more? careful
4: not to be shocked. Oh. By that, oh. I, I mean if a family confides in you that their child is gay, lesbian, transgendered, whatever, Accept it, they and accept it as the honor that it is that they trusted you enough to say it
3: with mm-hmm. the information. Yeah, With yeah, information, point. Mm-hmm.
4: And, and don't be don't be act shocked like.
2: Oh my gosh! I can't believe. Yes, this. I can't or believe they just, you're telling me this. Just
4: accept it
3: mm-hmm.
4: as a piece of information that they were willing to give to you, and <laughs> you it, you should be honored.
3: You, you can, can always go home, you. Yeah. go home and be shocked. Yeah, <laughs> just don't show
2: them. So you can be shocked. Don't <laughs> yeah. show it to And then them. think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's great, great advice. Yeah, the one
1: thing I was going to add to that—it's really interesting because there's even um, uh, that's beautiful advice—and then I just follow that up with some of the subtle messaging that we give oftentimes, which is, you know. Hey, if you're um, thinking your child might be uh, a lesbian or gay, that all of a sudden don't overemphasize if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend because you're, you're relieved because that sends a strong message of where you stand Mm -hmm. at that moment. Mm -hmm. Remember to send them support to be who they need to be. That's
3: really interesting because I asked Eli later on, would it have, I suspected this, would it have helped you had I brought it up? And he said, no, not -hmm. at all. I had to walk the journey Mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so um, I thought that was interesting because I thought maybe I could have shortened it or made it Mm-hmm. Less difficult, than he's mm-hmm. like. No.
2: Um, both Joe and I are therapists. And the one thing that that I would say is that if, as parents or relatives, I'm an aunt of a gay ga- gay guy, love of my life, and um, helped him grow up. And I think it's really important to not try to push them one way or the other. Exactly. And um, the other thing, though, as us as psychologists, I want to say, if you start to see depression showing up yeah. Yeah. and you have questions about maybe some of their behaviors, they only want to play with trucks or they only want to play with dolls or yes. whatever, um, that you um, allow them to... Um, Experience it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but also pay attention to if you start to see some depression. Yeah.
3: Jack has one more thing he'd like to say. Mm-hmm. I'd like
4: to finish with it. Uh, uh, in a talk that Eli did, he said, I'm reminded of the words of Marie Tess Brown. We are all the Creator's children. We don't come out of the past unhurt, but together, individually, and through our cultures, we can heal our world and bring each other home. And remember, we want to make sure that we all come
1: home together.
2: Mm, Beautiful. So Jack and
1: Joe, thanks so much for taking us and including us on this journey. I really appreciate the experiences and the wisdom you've shared. Your demonstration of love and support of your children is a beautiful and wonderful story and, a, and an example for all of us. This hour has been very enlightening. So remember to send an email to info at com if you'd like to schedule um, a direct contact with Jack and Joe Vanderberg, or if you want to reach us following this show, we wish you all a very wonderful week. Thanks so much for listening in.
0: for tuning in this week to A Voice of Reason. Please join your host Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a terrific week.